This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. breathe <laughs> all right i feel like i feel like you people have been here you're tight they loosen you up a little bit just breathe that was the message from florida panthers head coach paul maurice after the florida panthers dropped game one of the stanley cup final over the weekend to the vegas golden knights now game two goes from vegas tonight with the golden knights looking to take a commanding 2-0 lead back to Florida. Of course, the Panthers have different plans. They would love to split this home and home with uh, Vegas and back to Florida with a 1-1 series draw. We'll see what happens uh, as we get into Game 2 Stanley Cup final action on this Monday night. But welcome to the program. Happy Monday. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And yes, it is Game 2 Stanley Cup final action tonight from Las Vegas. You heard the stats on the weekend. The team that wins Game 1 of the Stanley Cup final goes on to victory 76% of the time. But Paul Maurice and company said, we've been here before. We're not worried. He is correct. His team was down one nothing to the Boston Bruins. In round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, they came back to win that series in stunning fashion. But no doubt Paul Maurice would like an easier path back in this series and not have to win as many consecutive games as they did against Boston. We'll see what they can do tonight. Of course, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett in the spotlight for Florida heading into this one after both of them received game misconducts late in period number three. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, hitting a milestone that usually leads them to victory in game one. When they are scoring at least three goals per game, they are 13-0 in the Stanley Cup playoffs and make it 12-0 when they score at least four goals. So the Vegas game plan, get to Sergei Bobrovsky as often as possible, and it should lead to victory. Panthers, like we said, don't seem to be down too much. Uh, They defeated the Bruins in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference first round after losing Game 1, and then would come back from 3-1 and to win that series in seven games. So this not an unfamiliar position to them. We'll have lots of chat around the uh, Stanley Cup final as the day goes forward, but lots to get to on the program on this Monday. It is Week 1 of the CFL season officially here. The Calgary Stampeders will take on the BC Lions Thursday night at McMahon Stadium. We have your first regular season edition of the Stamps Report coming up a little bit later on. Some surprising Stampeders cuts uh, following uh, the preseason schedule wrapping up in BC, including veteran left tackle Derek Dennis. So we'll get the latest on Calgary and get you up to date with them ahead of their Thursday matchup to kick off 
not only the Stamps in the Lions season, but the entire CFL regular season slate beginning with that game on Thursday. So stay tuned for the Stamps report this hour. We'll also check in with our own Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet. Uh, chat about the Memorial Cup. The Quebec Ramparts are victorious. Patrick Waugh, should he be on the coaching radar for the two remaining teams who have head coaching vacancies? And I say two remaining teams because the Anaheim Ducks fill the coaching vacancy today, leaving just your Calgary Flames and the New York Rangers with current head coaching openings. Should Patrick Waugh be in consideration for either of those jobs? We'll uh, talk to Sam Cosentino about that after the Quebec Ramparts uh, were victorious uh, over the weekend with a Memorial Cup victory. Uh, so stay tuned for that coming up in Hour 2. Uh, but yes, that is the uh, other part of NHL news today. The Anaheim Ducks have filled their coaching vacancy and uh, have named their next head coach. Greg Cronin will take over. As their new head coach, the 60-year-old will be a rookie head coach in the NHL, coming to the club after five seasons in charge of the Colorado Eagles of the American Hockey League. Also has 12 seasons as an assistant at the NHL level with the New York Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Eagles, the AHL affiliate of the Colorado Avalanche, Cronin comes to them with a 164, 104, and 30 record. And uh, as we mentioned, that leaves just Calgary and the New York Rangers as teams with coaching vacancies. We heard last week from Elliot Friedman that we're expecting the Flames to narrow down their list at some point this week. And the New York Rangers seem to be debating over John Hines, the former Predators head coach, and Peter Laviolette as their next head coach. So really sounds as though different targets for both teams, but those do remain as your only two coaching vacancies right now across the entire NHL, Calgary, and the New York Rangers. Also news out of Montreal today, Habs fans very excited as Cole Caulfield and the team have come to terms on an eight-year contract extension. Kicks in next season and carries an average annual value of $7.85 million dollars. Caulfield with 26 goals and 36 points in just 46 games last season before he had shoulder surgery. He has uh, 53 goals and 84 points in 123 NHL games. He's a 22-year-old. First-round pick taken by the Habs, 15th overall in 2019. Won the Hobie Baker Trophy in 2020-21 as a U.S. Men's College top player. He was at the University of Wisconsin. And since he made the jump to the NHL, only the New Jersey Devils' Jack Hughes has more goals from the 2019 class. And for Montreal, that locks up two cornerstones for their team long-term. Last summer, Nick Suzuki, eight years, $63 million contract. This offseason, Cole Caulfield, eight years, $62.8 million. So almost identical contracts for two massive pieces going forward for the Montreal Canadiens. Cole Caulfield spoke a, a little bit today, uh, did a little bit of media with uh, a couple of people just getting some initial reaction from him after the news came down uh, that he was going to sign long-term with Montreal. You know, the way this organization's going, uh, the plan that's intact, all that stuff, it just uh, it makes a lot of sense. And um, I love being there. 
Um, it's the second home, first home, whatever you want to call it for me. So um, I'm excited to be here long term. Um, I think it puts my family in a good place as well. So, um, you know, all those things that kind of went into this um, final number in, in year, it's, uh, I'm very excited and very uh, lucky to be a part of the Montreal Canadiens for a long time. So that's Cole Caulfield, or at least the phone version of Cole Caulfield. Zoom version? Yeah, it could be anything, really. It is Zoom version, Cole Caulfield. The times we live in. Instant reaction. We can't wait to get Cole in person, so we must get immediate reaction, even if the audio is a 2 out of 10. He's sitting at the Hughes Lake House, just in yeah, their living room. Chilling out. Just doing a quick five-minute interview. Luke and Jack are out on the lake, playing around, just waiting for Cole to finish up his... His media veils. Uh, but yes, like I mentioned, that was a quick uh, bit of Cole Caulfield's media availability today. And look, what a signing by the Montreal Canadiens. A really good piece of business here uh, in back-to-back summers. Like I mentioned, almost identical contracts for Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. And this is how you get business done in the NHL these days. If you have, even if it's a small sample size, and 123 NHL games is a small sample size, 53 goals in that time, 84 points. If you feel confident as an organization, like clearly Montreal does with Suzuki and and Caulfield, if you feel confident that these are the guys that you want to go forward with, sign them up now to those long-term contracts and you will live in bargain land with Cole Caulfield at $7.85 million if he stays healthy and continues to produce at the level that he has in 123 NHL games. Is there risk? Of course. He was just medically cleared about 10 days ago and is going to work to be a full participant in training camp. But these are the deals that you will always look back upon as ones that were worth the risk. He's a first-round pick. Your organization knows him better than anybody. And it's just, to me, these are the kind of deals that get you to those high levels in the NHL because your top players aren't commanding you know, and that's the that's the stat always, right? Going to the Stanley Cup final. No one's ever won uh Stanley Cup with a guy making more than whatever, ten, ten and a half million dollars. I I don't think that that's always going to be true, but I know that if you have your top guys sign to contracts like Montreal is going to over the next couple of seasons, you're just in a better place to fill out the rest of your roster. If Caulfield and Suzuki come in at, you know, just over what, fifteen million dollars on your cap and getting past this year, obviously when the cap starts to go up by $4 million or $3 million, you're just in such a, a good spot. And uh, it's a good piece of business. It's one that, you know, if you relate here to Calgary and a lot of people will tell you, that's exactly what the flames should have or, or could have done with Matthew Kachuk at one point. That's a, a story that, you know, obviously requires more context because of where the flames were at cap wise. But, yeah, this is what you do with your young players. And, you know, this gives Cole Caulfield a great opportunity too. to, you know, like he mentioned, he loves being in Montreal, is excited for the next eight years there. But he's he's 30 when this deal ends. He's still in a great position to cash in on another long-term deal when this is done. It makes sense for both sides. And I think it's a really smart piece of business done today by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, So that's the NHL news today. Game two, Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights coming your way tonight. Uh, We'll have the game for you here on Sportsnet 960. The fans, 6 p.m. puck drop from Las Vegas. You can also watch the game 
across the Sportsnet television network. Uh, Anaheim has their new head coach, Greg Cronin. Uh, the 60-year-old rookie head coach gets the job in Anaheim. Means just two coaching vacancies left across the NHL. One right here in Calgary, the other in New York with the New York Rangers. And the Canadiens and Cole Caulfield agree to an eight-year, $62.8 million extension. We'll hear more from both sides as we get closer to game time. But let's check in with the Vegas Golden Knights and their captain, Mark Stone. He spoke to the media yesterday at Golden Knights practice as they get set to take on the Panthers in a critical game two tonight. You know, enough years have passed now to, first of all, super happy for you and your success. And But just went back and looked at that whole sequence of events. And one thing that's clear is that he, he felt he didn't, didn't really have the kind of trademark that he would have liked because I think he, everyone in the industry was like, you and Kelly and, and July 1st, that you would look at this as a strong option, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say, right? I, um, well, it's your right as you yeah, say that. Yeah. At that time, um, I think the rebuild was going to be a little longer than I wanted. Um, they were blatantly honest with me, which um, I respected. Um, knew that it was going to take, you know, that three, four year uh, time window. And, um, you know, you never know, right? You know, if you don't have the full trade protection, you never know if you're going to get moved when they need to need to free up some money. So, um, you know, I wanted to go, you know, play on a team that was you know, looking to compete for the uh, for a chance to win um, in the prime of my career, which was, uh, you know, the 27, 8, 29, on to uh, the length of this contract. So um, we've put ourselves here and uh, we've given ourselves opportunities to uh, to be in that position. So, um, you know, I love, 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 love being here. And, and it's not easy to sign that extension in that moment. I mean, the trade is emotional enough, but you also made it basically said, I'm not going to go to July 1st, which is, you don't see that every day. No, uh, I think I had a, a pretty, you know, clear view on what I wanted to do um, if I was going to reach free agency. Um, there was only a few teams that I thought, um, you know, brought that competitive uh, feel. Um, you know, obviously a great place to play. I said it immediate day. Um, great place to play. Great uh, great fans, solo building, and a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Um, those were kind of the three things that were going through my mind, and these checked those three boxes. So, um yeah, it was not the easiest thing to just sign a contract, never really being in the city, but um, knew some people who love playing here, um, love living here, so that made it easier. Mark, you guys yesterday get four on Bob Rossi. Toronto really struggled. They couldn't do that. Carolina couldn't do that either. Boston did, but that's a different series uh, a while ago. What does it do for you guys as you continue on, look ahead to game two, to know that that impenetrable goalie, that, that aura that he had in those two rounds, you guys broke, broke, broke it you know, down well, early? I mean, we're pretty comfortable. I mean, we played Hellbuck in round one. Great goalie. Um, Skinner had been playing great hockey. Um, you know, Andrew, one of the best goalies in the league. So um, we stick to our game plan. Um, we find we score ways and our goals in different ways, and I think that's what's important right now at this time of year. You can't score goals one way. You have to. You know, we got a power play goal. Uh, our D got two goals. Um, you know, forwards get goals. Like you got to find ways to score goals in a lot of different ways, and I think we've done a good job at that all, all playoff. 
did well on your PK yesterday. Um, well, you know, we haven't looked at much video, but I think we were in aggressive and good spots. Um, you know, we understand uh, where their strengths are, which is down low with Kachuk and Bennett and those guys getting in there. So, um, uh, our D did a great job boxing out. Uh, Hill made a couple big saves when he needed to. Um, and I thought we did a good job off the rush. So, um, not going to give them nothing, but uh, if you limit their chances and uh, you know, let your goalie make a couple saves, um, that's the key to uh, key to success. Even though he's not, even though he's not playing right now, how would you describe the influence? Phil. Yeah, he's probably one of, if not the most likable teammate uh, you know I've ever played with. Uh, brings a smile to your face when you come into the rink every day. Um, plays every night, right? Um, he's always, always there. <laughs> you can always, you know, count on him bringing, um, you know, good vibes to the dressing room. And um, he's been one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with. Why is, so, why is he so likable? What is, what is it about? <laughs> I don't know. He brings a funny element of um, happiness and crankiness. Uh, it's, <laughs> but you know, it's it just gels in really well with this group. And um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, the relationship with Kelly too, and all this, and obviously your days of Brandon together, and, and your trust in his, I guess, in his vision. How big was that of all this? Too. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I had talked to him long before this team was even playing a game. Um, so I think, I, I think for me, I think I knew that he had been, you know, given opportunities to go uh, to other places in the NHL. He didn't take them. So for me, I knew it was going to take a pretty special job for him to leave Brandon because of you know, how much he cared about that organization, cares about that city. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I really needed to talk to him. I just needed, like, the fact that he was here, I knew that it was, it was something, something good going on here. That is Golden Knights captain Mark Stone uh, following practice yesterday for Vegas. They're getting set to take on the Panthers in game two tonight. Uh, a little bit on the game, a little bit on his time in Vegas and how it's all came to be. He was a key member uh, of the Golden Knights uh, attack on Saturday. Uh, scores an outrageous goal uh, in the third period. He's got seven shots on goal in about 20 minutes, 55 seconds of ice time. Eight minutes of that coming on the power play. Uh, intercepts a Florida clearing pass right in front of Bobrovsky, puts it top corner. Quick review uh, after being challenged by the Panthers. Uh, it comes back as a good goal. It's the 4-2 goal in the victory. It really sealed this one away for the Vegas Golden Knights. And Like I mentioned, uh, their record in the Stanley Cup playoffs when getting over three or four goals uh, in a game, 12-0 and 13-0. and uh, So they're going to have to... If you're the Florida Panthers, you got to limit their time on the power play, giving them seven power play opportunities. I know a lot of that came later on in the game uh, with those misconducts and a little bit of extra attitude from Kachuk and and Bennett. For sure, you got to be able to, you know, keep them off the power play because clearly, when the Vegas Golden Knights get past a certain point, uh, they're just not going to give up much. And defensively, another spread out game for the defensive core for the Vegas Golden Knights. Highest uh, skater on Saturday was Alex Petrangelo at 22.47 on the back end. Uh, Alec Martinez came in at 14.36 on the low end. So everybody mixed in around there. The Golden Knights haven't had to uh, press or rely on one guy significantly more than the other. So we'll see what happens. Looking forward to it. The good news is game one was incredibly entertaining. These two teams did not wade into this series. It's physical. They clearly don't like each other. And uh, you'd expect some of that, no doubt, 
uh, to bleed into game two after it was a very emotional game one victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they lead that series one game to nothing. Once again, you can listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960 or watch it across the Sportsnet television networks at 6 o'clock. We will take a break, come back on the other side, continuing hour one with our first regular season stamps report of the season. Matty Rowe is going to get us set for week one. Stampeders getting set to take on the BC Lions after some surprising cuts over the weekend. We dive into all of that next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, welcome back. Sportsnet Today rolling on on this Monday. It is June 5th. Thanks for listening along on the live or on the podcast. Logan Gordon along with you. I haven't even had a chance to say hi to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, on this Monday. What's going on, buddy? We also welcomed in a new intern to the Sportsnet 960 studios. Callum's along with us. Glad to have him hanging out. We will uh, introduce you more to uh, Callum as the days go on, but uh, just getting a refresher right now. So good to have you guys along with us. Reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet today. 960-960. Shoot us a comment. Say hello. Questions, comments, queries, whatever's on your mind, send it down at 960-960. Calgary Stampeders wrapped up their preseason last Thursday with a 25-22 defeat at the hands of the BC Lions. Stamps finished the preseason with a 1-1 record. Heading into the weekend, had to make some Cuts to get down to uh, roster levels ahead of the regular season beginning. Uh, they did that. A couple of surprising names coming for the Calgary Stampeders. The most notable one that was first reported uh, by our pals at Three Down Nation. Left tackle, veteran left tackle, uh, Derek Dennis. One of the guys that did not make the Calgary Stampeders roster. Uh, haven't heard much from Derek on the... Uh, reasoning from his side of things, that's a difficult one to let go of the 34-year-old. He spent seven seasons in the CFL, two-time All-Star, four-time West Division All-Star, outstanding offensive lineman in 2016, and looked poised to come into his final pro football season uh, as an anchor on that Stampeders offensive line, of course, protecting the blind side of Jake Mayer, but that will not be the case. Also, among the uh, interesting cuts for the Calgary Stampeders defensive back, Brad Muhammad, who had a big impact for them last year. Uh, full list, of course, up at cfl.ca or calgarystampeters.com. Uh, a couple of names making the practice squad. Colton Hunchak, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, Jordan Herdman-Reed, who joined the team uh, late in training camp. So lots of changes for the Calgary Stampeders, and there always are in the CFL for you know cost-cutting reasons, usually the big one, but perhaps being outperformed uh, in training camp is a big deal. And now for the Stampeders, cuts are in the book. It's uh, cuts are in the books. It's now practice time, getting set for uh, the regular season in the Stampeders with a familiar face coming in on Thursday. It's the Stamps and the Lions once again. This time from McMahon Stadium, uh, Lions coming in on the road. This time as the Stamps kick off their regular season schedule and home schedule uh, with a seven o'clock kickoff at McMahon Stadium. And you know what that means? It's time. For our first regular season edition 
of the Stamps Report as we get you set for Week 1, Stampeders and the BC Lions. The Stampeders are back at practice on Monday, getting ready for their Week 1 opponent, the BC Lions. That game will kick off the 2023 CFL season. Monday's session was closed to the media, so we'll get our second look at prep for the Lions on Tuesday. But head coach and general manager Dave Dickinson did speak to the media following practice. Sue Thornton, sort of his ascension to what it looks like a starting role. Uh, just your thoughts on a veteran coming in like that and accepting it, now here he is. Uh, same thing. Good competition all camp. Really felt like he came in in, in great shape, and he competed extra hard, and he won the job. He did a great job. Is there anything you take from a preseason game when you're playing the Lions again? Like, yeah, I mean, you 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 figure like both sides probably saved a little bit, but you're still executing your stuff and you're going against the same players. So, pass rush is pass rush. You know, blocking's blocking. Yeah, maybe some different schemes and this and that, but you're still going against that same guy. And ultimately, I think you do have to. Understand football comes down to a lot of one-on-one battles. You got to win your share. Kobe Williams is one of those guys who got in last year. I'm sure. He, like I don't know if that was the plan from the start of the year, but what, what's he shown you at this point? He's been all over. Like he's played in the boundaries of the field. He's played Sam. Very versatile. Gives me a lot of uh, faith that if anything happens, he can step in and he's competing for a starting job. So he uh, very competitive. He's smaller, but he's he gets in the mix. He he's in the box. He, he tackles. It uh, doesn't let that size uh, scare him off from getting gritty. So a lot of good things. It does seem like that versatility, kind of everyone in the backfield has it at this point. Eh? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think we, we feel we're okay. I mean, Trey's probably locked in a corner. Other than that, uh, everybody can kind of move around. And we'll see how many we can suit up. Uh, you know, uh, we have to figure out exactly who's going to play. That'll come up tomorrow. Uh, but it does help that they've played multiple spots. Most corners have played half. Halves have played inside at Sam. And and vice versa, so that helps. St. Lowe, uh, really Saint nice Lowe. story, St. Lowe's, Shaquille. Yeah, um, oh, low, yeah. In smiles. Probably <laughs> the French version I got, yeah. <laughs> Jean said that, so yeah. Just, you're you're, right, you're like right, about, probably, yeah. What did you like about him in camp? Bob? Well, <laughs> let's be honest, he came off a horrific injury a, a previous couple years ago. Um, it was a very, very serious knee. So last year is more just come meet us, and if you really are serious about football, get yourself healthy and, and see what you could do. And he's been uh, competing well all camp. Um, I do feel like he's got a chance to be on, and uh, and hopefully he's out there doing well. What do you want to see from Reggie Bagleton this season? Just everything I've seen in the past, but also his leadership has increased. He knows, um, yeah, we got a younger quarterback, so be a security blanket and just do the right things. But he's been doing that his whole career. Can I talk about Mike Moore and just day number two? Has he gotten a further grasp? What have you seen? Yeah, I mean, he's still, I mean, he's day two, so that's early. Uh, I'm not counting him out, uh, but I want to make sure that he keeps working. And, uh, you know, we do have a little bit of a window to look at him, but he's pushing to play. And uh, from what I've seen, he's, he's looking good. One player the Stamps will no longer have to prepare for is defensive lineman Jonathan Kongbo. The former Winnipeg Blue Bombers draft pick spent two seasons with the Blue and Gold before being signed by the Denver Broncos for the 2022 season. The BC Lions signed the Canadian last month. Well, early Monday, they sent the 6'5", 256-pound defender to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for conditional 2024 draft pick. During final cuts, one of the more notable decisions was to keep many Canadian receivers, including first years Rice and John, Clark Barnes, and Cole Tucker. Well, one of the names that will be relied on as one of the veterans in that group, entering his sixth year as a Stampeder, is Reggie Bagleton, who signed a two-year extension back in December. Looking to build off an amazing second half to last season, our Matt Rose had a chance to sit down with number 84. How does it feel to be getting ready for your first game? 
it feels really good, especially the camp that we had, uh, the guys that we kept. I feel like this is a great group. Uh, everybody's willing to learn the way we work today. I'm very, very excited about this year. I feel like when we go back and uh, we look at the year you had last year, like the second half, dominant. How do you look back at the last season now that you've kind of had the off season to look at it? You've been through training camp. How do you look back at last year? Uh, I looked at it at when the season was over. One thing, most importantly, you know, God got me through healthy. Uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, honestly, it's a building block for me uh, getting back into the league. So I realized that I had to go back and, and be a student of the game even more. If I want to get to where I want to get to, then I have to always be willing to grow. And I feel like that was, that was a building block. And this year, you just keep on moving forward. Don't even look back. When did that realization happen for you? And then what did you kind of do to act upon it? Uh, just just stop putting that, all that pressure on myself that I got to be this and that and really just enjoy the game. Find the joy in the game. Go out there and play football like you did when you was a kid. And everything will fall in place. Does it help having, you know, you come to camp, you see this group of receivers, and I would say things probably maybe exceeded expectations as far as the group around you. Does that make it maybe easier to enjoy yourself as you're going through the process? Absolutely. And then the fact that the younger guys are willing to ask questions and they're, they're actually listening, uh, it, it, it makes your job a lot easier, especially in you're in the, when you're in the leadership role. Then you can actually be you and be yourself when you have somebody who's uh, who's uh Receptive. They're, Receptive. They're trying to, yeah, they're trying to take everything with it. Like, who are some of the guys that, you know, they understand what you've done and they're trying to learn and they're asking you questions along the way? Cole and uh, Clark have a lot on their plate. They have multiple positions. And so, uh, you know, just the communication on out the huddle and then when we're behind the plays watching and everything, they're constantly in my ear. And that's that if you want to be great, if you're a young player, you want to be great. That's how you have to be. You have to be in a veteran's ear. And I'm glad that they're doing that. Tell me about Jake Mayer this season. First training camp as a starter. Oh, Jake, Jake is locked in. Jake is locked in. Any little mistake he he has, he, he he's not going to make it again. And, and that's what you want to see out of your starting quarterback. Now tell me a little bit about Nick Lewis, who's now the uh, receivers coach, and how he's uh, helping your game and maybe helping these young guys as well. Energy. Energy from the start of practice to the end of practice. And that's, that's, that's what makes this not feel like work. You're out here having fun. Uh, and, 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 and at the end of the day, like you know it is, it's, it's a kid's game. And he allows you to come out and enjoy that part of it. We're not out here for work. We're out here to get better and play a game that we love. And, like, one of the things that you kind of feed off that with, like, when you have that type of energy, you, you guys are pros. You don't necessarily need the X's and O's. It's about kind of that leadership, that support at this point, right? Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, just have fun, period. Uh, you know, the X and O is the business part, but that business part, honestly, is what you do uh, on your off time. Awesome. During meetings, during uh, when you're watching film at home, that's what the X is doing. When you're out here, just play, just ball, just 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 go out there and, and and do what you've been doing for years. Do you have expectations for yourself? Do you set goals for the season that you'd, you'd like to share, or how do you kind of look at that? I, I do. I, I would like to have 1,200 plus, uh, 10 touchdowns. Uh, but more importantly, I want the ball to be spread around, and we'll be an offensive threat that the defense doesn't know where the ball is going to. Awesome. Thanks, Reggie. Best of luck this season, man. Thank you. Big season for the Beaumont, Texas native. I think Jake Mayer, to have a guy like Reggie Bagleton to rely on during his first full year as a starter will be massive. Reggie Bagleton, for sure, one to watch on Thursday night. Stamps back on the practice field Tuesday before walkthrough on Wednesday before kicking off the season at home against the Lions at 7 p.m. on Thursday. With your Stamps report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patrick and uh, Maddie. You will have stamps reports for you all week long here on Sportsnet today, uh, taking you all the way up until game day on Thursday. Remember, 7 p.m. kickoff.
from McMahon Stadium. The Jake Marriott era begins for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, get down to McMahon Stadium, support the Stamps. Should be a great year for them. Really looking forward to seeing what this team can do with some fresh faces uh, in new leadership roles for the Calgary Stampeders. And I did want to point out what uh, Patrick brought up in that uh, early part of the Stamps report there. The Lions uh, with an interesting transaction sending Jonathan Kongbo to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This was uh, a move that they made earlier on in training camp with a chance to get Jonathan back from an NFL stint with the Denver Broncos. He's got a Canadian passport, uh, pass rush experience with uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers previously, and it was a move that the Lions thought so highly of that they had to move somebody out. The person that they moved out was Sean Lemon, of course, uh, with the Calgary Stampeders previously, uh, including last season. Uh, so they lost Sean Lemon, releasing him to bring in Jonathan Kongbo up from uh, the NFL stint. And now Kongbo, according to Farhan Lalji, TSN, not a strong fit in the Lions locker room. Uh, they felt it best to move on from him. So he gets traded to Hamilton today uh, in exchange for a conditional draft pick. And now the Lions uh, really need somebody to step up in that pass rush. We'll see if Sean Lemon's amicable to going back to BC in this situation. He was uh, very proud of his training camp up until the point of his release and uh, spoke that he felt as good as he ever has going into a CFL training camp. So we'll see what uh, what happens with the veteran pass rusher and Sean Lemon. But yeah, just a, a little bit of a bizarre story coming out of BC with the whole Jonathan Kongbo situation and bringing him up, releasing Lemon, then finding out Kongbo is not a good fit on their team and training him to Hamilton. You're now down two pass rushers if you're the BC Lions, but uh, if you're the Calgary Stampeders, you're more than okay with that heading into a week one matchup against BC on Thursday night. Other matchups coming up on week one across the CFL Friday night sees the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Bo Levi Mitchell into Winnipeg to take on the Bombers. Of course, the Bo Levi Mitchell era beginning in Hamilton after his long stint in Calgary. Winnipeg looking to get back to the Grey Cup for the fourth straight year. Uh, fell to Toronto last year as they were going for the three-peat, but many have them atop of the CFL power rankings heading into this season as well. So we'll get a great matchup Friday night, 6.30. Bo Levi Mitchell with plenty of experience taking on Winnipeg in his storied career. We'll see what uh, the new era in Hamilton looks like with all those new faces, including Jameer Thurman on the defensive side of things. Saturday, it's the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Montreal Alouettes. Trevor Harris... Uh, now out in Montreal, it's Cody Fajardo, the former Rough Riders quarterback who gets the start for Montreal. Ottawa looking to improve. It's been a rough couple of seasons for them, uh, but they're back uh, healthy, feel like they've made some big improvements. First overall pick to help out the offensive line. Uh, should be a good matchup on the Eastern Conference side of things, Eastern Division side of things, I should say. Saturday, that's a 5 o'clock kickoff, and then we end the week up the road in Edmonton on Sunday. It's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with Trevor Harris now uh, behind uh, center and the Edmonton Elks uh, continuing with Chris Jones as their head coach, trying to make an improvement, trying to pick up a win uh, at home for the first time in a long time. You know, the uh, fans of the Rough Riders always travel well. Edmonton, one of their favorite spots to uh, to go out to as well. So should be a great uh, week one of CFL action. Again, it all gets going on Thursday with the Lions and the Calgary Stampeders will get a better idea of things um, and get a, a better sense of what the Stampeders look like heading into this week one matchup, uh, as Patty said, once we get back to practice 
on Tuesday, Monday session closed to the media. Uh, just diving into the text line at 960-960. Fan feedback line, always open to you here. Uh, this text comes in saying, what happened to the QB for the Lions last year? That would be Nathan Rourke, uh, the young Canadian prospect who came up and uh, put the, lit the world on fire for the BC Lions, was incredible, uh, suffered an injury, but still came back strong for BC. He has signed a contract uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL, so the BC Lions have turned to a couple of CFL vets to lead them uh, into the regular season. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr. will be their starting quarterback. He looked great on Thursday against uh, uh, you know, mostly backups for the Calgary Stampeders, and then Dane Evans, the former Hamilton Tiger Cat, uh, now backing him up in BC. So it was Nathan Rourke. Lions were trying everything that they could under their power to find a way to keep Rourke in BC, but the NFL opportunity for him, uh, just too much of a pull. And look, for Nathan Rourke, this is when you want to go out and, and have an NFL opportunity when you're young and ready to uh, explore. I know a lot of people wondered, why would you go to Jacksonville where you have to take on uh, a number f- a former number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence? Um you know, I would say, first of all, the opportunities there to be a backup in Jacksonville, which is something that's not always guaranteed. That's Bo Levi Mitchell. I know going back when we had the Bo show here on Sportsnet 960, Bo talked about his NFL opportunity. He was older than Nathan Rourke at the time, but really could only find guarantees in the NFL as a, a third string quarterback, a practice squad guy. Um, Nathan's been given more of an opportunity to be a, a backup in Jacksonville, which isn't something that uh, Canadian quarterbacks get an opportunity to do very often. He could be on the roster every day, and you never know. You don't wish anything, um, you know, injury-wise to Trevor Lawrence, but to be that guy who could get the call and put tape on for other NFL teams uh, who could be looking for a young quarterback, uh, Jacksonville could be an interesting spot for Nathan Rourke. So turned his one uh, really good CFL season into an NFL deal with Jacksonville and will enter training camp as uh, one of the participants battling for the backup spot behind Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. Like I said, the Lions will go with Dean Evans and Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, when they take on uh, the Stampeders coming up on Thursday. So a veteran duo for BC. Calgary obviously going with uh, Jake Mayer starting, but we'll be curious to see four quarterbacks remain with the Calgary Stampeders, uh, including one on the practice roster uh, is Tommy Stevens. Destined to be this team's backup quarterback? Is he simply going to be short yardage? Um, will there be a package of plays for Tommy Stevens after he had a really impressive year one in the CFL last year? We'll see. Uh, but interesting to see the Calgary Stampeders, at least for now, carrying four quarterbacks, including one uh, on the practice roster, uh, Dave Dickinson and, and John Hoffnagel. Oh, you know, always in evaluation mode. And if there's a chance to get a young quarterback into the Stampeders and help them develop over the next couple of years, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's something that we've seen here in Calgary for a long time. It was, I believe, Henry Burris still at the the reins of things here in Calgary when a young Bo Levi Mitchell first made his way up to Calgary. So the Stampeders, always with an eye to the future, especially at the quarterback position. It's one that's been stable here in Calgary for a long time and clearly a priority for Dave Dickinson, the new GM, and obviously John Huffnagel to remain uh, that as a as a long-term uh, stable point for the Calgary Stampeders. We'll uh, talk more stamps as the week goes on uh, with Patty Dumas and Matt Rose covering them for the station here on Sportsnet 960. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, get back to hockey. 
uh, junior hockey level hockey coming up. We'll uh, chat about the Quebec Ramparts Memorial Cup victory with our own Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet. Uh, get his thoughts on the coaching job done by Patrick Waugh. Who stood out of the tournament? Are there draft eligible players at this tournament who stood out in a positive way and maybe increased their value ahead of the NHL draft? We'll ask Cause about all of that. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on uh, the Stanley Cup final. It's the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Game two of their series goes tonight. That's all coming up uh, as we continue on into hour two here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.